Luma World Ministries presents to you a prophetic. You can be in a third world country and think first class. You can be in a poor nation and think rich. You can be among broken people and think like you are the mender of people. Because someone greater is in you. Spirit filled. Everything around you has no definition of who you are. The definition of who you are, the definition of your life is in the word of God, not in the things that are around you. Powerful. We are marked for greatness. Tell your neighbor you're marked for greatness. And life transforming teaching by the chariot, Prophet Brian Kajesi. When someone understands the word of God, greatness starts to beckon in their inside. Get ready for your spiritual blessing, transformation, and renewal. Today, I want to share with us in a sermon series that I called Seeing the Glory. A sermon series that I called Seeing the Glory. So we're going to get into the Word and I believe God will increase you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So you're going to turn with me to the book of um, Judges chapter 11. Book of Judges chapter 11. I want to read from the first verse to the 11th verse. It's quite a number of scriptures, but I believe by the time we are done, you will be encouraged, you will be blessed, and God will increase you. The Bible says in the book of Judges, chapter 11, from verse 1, the Bible says, Now Jephthah the Gileadite was a mighty man of valor, and he was a son of Anhalot, and Gilead begat Jephthah. Next verse. And Gilead's wife bare him sons. And his wife's sons grew up, and they thrust out Jephthah, and said unto him, Thou shalt not inherit in our father's house, for thou art a son of a strange woman. Then Jephthah fled from his brethren, and dwelt in the land of Tob. And there were gathered vain men to Jephthah, and went out with him. Next verse. And it came to pass, in the process of time, that the children of Ammon made war against Israel. Next verse. And it was so that when the children of Ammon made war against Israel, that the elders of Gilead went to fetch Jephthah out of the land of Tob. Next. And they said unto Jephthah, Come and be our captain, that we may fight with the children of Ammon. Next verse. And Jephthah said unto the elders of Gilead, Did not ye hate me, and expel me out of my father's house? And why are ye come? Unto me now, when ye are in distress. Next verse. And the elders of Gilead said unto Jephthah, Therefore we, we turn again to thee now, that thou mayest go with us and fight against the children of Ammon, and be our head over all the inhibitors of Gilead. Next verse. And Jephthah said unto the elders of Gilead, If ye, be, if ye bring me home again to fight against the children of Ammon, and the Lord deliver them before, before me, shall I be your head. Next verse. And the elders of Gilead said unto Jephthah, The Lord be witness between us, if we do not so according to thy words. Next verse. And then Jephthah went with the elders of Gilead, and the people made him head and captain over them. And Jephthah uttered all his words before the Lord in Mizpah. Hallelujah. Now, we are here, we are in here, in the verses, we are seeing a story of a man who was born of an harlot. A man who was born from a prostitute. And the Bible says, 
when he had been born from a prostitute by his father, the wife of his father, or the wives of his father, bear him sons. His father's wife bear him sons. And these sons grew up. And when the boys grew up, they chased Jephthah out of their, of, of, of their family. They chased him away. And the Bible says he went into the land of Tob. And while in the land of Tob, vain men came unto him. I don't know if you understand what he's saying. Vain men came unto him. Meaning men who were not of substance. Men who were confused. Came unto Jephthah. And the Bible says this man was a man of valor. He was a mighty man of valor. Meaning he was a man mighty in war. But his brothers chased him. But when trouble had come, when Ammon had rose against Israel, the brothers came back again to call for Jephthah to help them and be their captain. I want to share about seeing the glory of God. Seeing the glory of God. Seeing the glory of God. Many times I see people who pray for the glory of God. They pray to see the glory of God in their life. But they do not understand how to see the glory of God. How do men who see the glory of God see the glory of God? Many times in your prayers you are praying that God will lift you. You are praying that God will bless you. You are praying that your glory days might come closer. But you don't understand what's the mind of men that see the glory of God. What is the mind of those people that see the glory of God? Look at Jephthah. The circumstances of his birth were not good. Many of you, the circumstances of your birth are not good. Like Jephthah, you are born of harlots. Like Jephthah, you are cast out of your family. People don't like you. And you go in the land of Tob. Tob here represents a place of suffering. A place of, of turmoil. The place of, of, of pain. And the Bible says in the land of Tob, vain men came unto him. Vain men came unto him. Men who cannot add anything unto him. They came unto him. Understand this. Every glory that you see in a man's life is coming from a place where he has been tested. Is coming from a place where he has struggled. It is important that a man, before he sees the glory of God, he suffers. Because when you don't go through these sufferings, you do not fully appreciate what God can do. You may not fully appreciate what God will do in your life. So every man whom God uses, he causes him to go through certain things. He causes him to go through certain things. It is these things that build your spirit in the presence of God. It is these things that build your life in the presence of God. The Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 7, from verses 3, the Bible says, it is better to sit in a house of sorrow. It says it's better, it says sorrow is better than laughter. For by sadness, the continence of the heart is made better. It says sorrow is better than laughter. For by sadness, the continence, for, for by sadness of the continence, the heart is made better. Look at what the teacher is saying. He says sorrow is better than laughter. There are days when sorrow is better than laughter. Sometimes it is important that God will take you through sorrow. Sometimes it is important that you face sorrow before you can face laughter. Because the sadness of the continence makes the heart better. The sadness of the continence makes the heart of a man better. There is a way sadness of the continence. There is a way sadness of the face teaches the heart. 
This is why you have seen that people who have not faced a hard life before rarely become something. Rarely become something. Most people who have seen progress are people who have been in a place that is hard. This is why sorrow is better than laughter. Verse 4. Give me verse 4. He says, The heart of the wise is in the house of mourning, but the heart of fools is in the house of mass. The heart of the wise. He says, If you are wise, it's better that you sit in a place where there's mourning than sit in a place of laughter. There is a way message version does it. He says a wise man thinks on the day of his death. But foolish men only enjoy laughter and games. He says sages invest themselves in heart and grieving. Fools waste their lives in fun and games. So it is important sometimes that you go through sadness. Jephthah went through sadness. He was cast away by his own brothers. Even though he was a mighty man of valor, he was cast away by his brothers. He was thrown away into the land of Tob. He was thrown away to suffer. But while there, when the enemy attacked Israel, the Bible says his brothers called for him. His brothers called for him. This is why I enjoy being in lonely places. I enjoy being in hard places. My challenge with people is this. That they want a quick way. Many people want to make their own way. When you find yourself in the place called Tob, a place where you're suffering, many people want to create their own way. I know many people want to cut their own way. They want to cut their way. They don't want to struggle. They don't want to suffer. Why? Because they don't rejoice with sorrow. They don't rejoice with sadness. The Bible says, sorrow may last for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Sorrow doesn't last forever. Sadness doesn't last forever. There are things that are not for forever. I, I want you to understand. There are many of you who have cut your own ways and you have ended up in relationships that were never meant of God. There are many of you who have begun businesses that you have, should have never begun in the first place. Because you are cutting your own way. It is important to learn to wait upon the Lord. It is important to learn to wait upon the Lord. Sorrow sometimes teaches the heart to have wisdom. Sadness sometimes teaches your heart to be better. He says sorrow is better than laughter. Understand these words that I'm speaking tonight. Sorrow is better than laughter. And everyone who is wise, they don't rejoice in certain things. If you're wise, you cannot rejoice in certain things. You cannot rejoice in the fact that you have. One time the Bible talks about a man who had much wealth and created for him stores. And the Bible says he said to himself, Now I shall eat and be merry and rejoice and settle. And the Bible says, and Jesus said that this man spoke foolishly. You cannot rejoice in the day of plenty. You must rejoice in the day of sorrow because it is the day of sorrow that creates a heart to know God. In the days of much, you must glorify God. When you find that you are in the days of having, you must be glorifying God. It is in the days of sorrow that we see what the heart of a man is about. It is in the days of sorrow that we see what a man is truly made of. The Bible says if you fall in your days of want, if you fall in your days of lack, how small was your faith? Meaning that there is an expectation by God that a man in his days of wanting, that he might stand in faith. He says if you die in your days of lack, how little was your faith? Some version says there was nothing to you in the first place. Meaning that a man is, 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 a man is proved 
based on the days of his want, based on the days of his lack. But some people, even in the days of lack, they are crying. The days of lack are supposed to sharpen you. This is why the Bible also says somewhere, count it pure joy when you go through trials of all sorts. Trials of all sorts. He says, count it pure joy. It must be pure joy when you're in trials. Joy should not come when you have. Joy should come in the days of temptations. He says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. So the day you discover that you're being tempted, the day you discover that you're being tried, that's the day you should rejoice. Not in the day when you discover you have. The Bible says when you find that you have, test yourself lest you fall. So I want to teach you how to walk in the glory of God. How do you learn to walk in the glory of God? Why do even men who have glory see the glory of God? The people who see the glory of God, they see it because they were able to stand in the day of luck, in the day of calamity. In the book of Luke chapter 24, the Bible speaks of two disciples. There's a story of two disciples who began to speak one to another after the death of Jesus, who were speaking one to another. And the Bible says they began to, re, to, 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 to recount the things which had happened in the days of Jesus. They began to say there was a man who was a midst of us. And he said that he was somewhat great. And that he would die and resurrect. And Jesus came and joined himself with them. And began to listen to these men as they talked. And the Bible says he listened to them as they were talking. Luke 24. As they were talking. The Bible says as they spoke. They said that there was this man. And Jesus says he asked them as if he does not know. They say, you don't know? You have not heard of a man who came and said he was a prophet? And he died and he said he was going to resurrect again? And then Jesus answered them in verses 25 and 26. And he spoke to them and said, All ye fools and slow of heart to believe. He says, all ye fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. He says, wasn't it necessary? Verse 26, wasn't it necessary? That Christ ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory. So he's now showing us something. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter his glory. He's saying that didn't Jesus, wasn't it necessary for Jesus to suffer so that he can enter into glory. Jesus is revealing something. There has to be a suffering before glory. There has to be a temptation before a winning. There has to be a suffering before you can enjoy laughter. There has to be sorrow before laughter. There has to be sadness before a heart is made better. Jesus is saying, Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? He's saying, He must have surely suffered. He must have surely suffered. When you suffer certain things, you are built. But there are people when they suffer, they give up. When they suffer, they give up. Suffering is not intended to give up. Suffering is not for giving up. Suffering is for standing. Suffering is for standing. First Peter 1 Peter 1.8 The Bible says, Even though you have not known Christ, you never saw him. Yet you believe and you are full of glory. He says you believe. He says you never saw him. Yet you love him. You still don't see him. Yet you trust him. With laughter and with singing. He says these men did not see the Lord. They still haven't even seen him. But they trust him. And with laughter and singing, they trust him. What is he trying to say? You are more blessed to believe 
than to touch and see. Jesus said to Thomas, you believe because you have seen. But blessed are they who believe without seeing. These are they which Peter is talking about here. Whom having not seen, ye love. In whom though you have not seen him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy and speak and full of glory. Whom having not seen, ye love. In whom though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy and speak and full of glory. He's telling you that there are people who have not seen, but yet believe. They still have not seen him to this day, but yet they are full, they rejoice with joy and speak and full of glory. This is the mindset of men who see glory. They move about with joy unspeakable and full of glory. But if you cannot be joyful in the days of lack, if you cannot be joyful in the days of suffering, you cannot know when glory comes. The Bible says a fool cannot know when the glory of God has come. So God will come but you will be unable to see him. You will be unable to understand you will be unable to see him as he is. This is why we speak to you. That in the days of your lack you may rejoice. That in the days of your want you may understand God. What do you do in your days of lack? What do you do in your days of wanting? What do you do in your days of not having? Hallelujah. What do you do in your days of wanting? What do you do? What do you do in your days of wanting? Hallelujah. Turn with me to the book of Jeremiah chapter 12 and verse 5. Book of Jeremiah chapter 12 verse 5. The Bible says, If thou hast run with footmen, and they have wearied thee, then how can you contend with horses? If in the land of peace wherein thou trusted, they wearied thee, how wilt thou do in the swellings of Jordan? He's saying, if thou run with footmen and you are wearied and you are tired, how can you contend with horses? This is exactly what we are teaching. Because Jeremiah was asking God certain questions. And God asked him, if you are tired because you are running with footmen, how will you run with horses? Meaning, God has an expectation that there is a point in your life where you will run with horses. God has an expectation that there is a time where you must stand in the days of, of fighting. But it says if you cannot stand in the days of peace, how will you stand in the days of fighting? How will you stand in the days of war? Now you must understand this. If you cannot believe God when you don't have anything, how will you believe God when you have? Some of you don't know that money, money grows fat. Fat around your heart. That your heart will start to doubt God. So if you cannot believe God in the days when you don't have anything, if you don't have anything, it's, it's, it's automatic that you must believe God. But some people think, oh, when I have money, then I believe God. Continue waiting. You will see that you will not be able to believe God when you have money. He says, if thou hast run with footmen and you have been worried, how can you run and contend with horses? How will you run and contend with horses? And this is what I tell people. If you cannot shine in your nation, how do you expect to shine internationally? Maybe if your vision is too small. This is why I said I must outshine my villagemates. I must outshine the people in my school. If you cannot shine in your school, how will you shine in a nation? If you cannot shine in a nation, how will you shine internationally? If you cannot just shine in a small family where you're born, you're just six, and you cannot, you cannot be outstanding, you cannot be set apart, 
You cannot be different out of six men. How will you be different out of 46 million in Uganda? How will you be different out of 7 billion people in, Uganda, in, the, in the world? How will you be different out of the billions of the people which have ever lived in the world, in heaven? How will you be different? This is why I say, some of you fear things that you shouldn't be fearing. Jephthah, the Bible says, he was born a son of unhallowed. But he was a mighty man of valor. He, it didn't stop him to be a mighty man of valor because he was a son of a hallowed. Some of you think your background has anything to do with your future. Some of you think the way you were born has anything to do with the way you are going to become. Some of you think where you're coming from has any determination to where you're going. Let me tell you something. That's not what the scripture teaches. Where you're coming from has nothing to do with where you're going. What you have been before has nothing to do with what you're going to become. What you are today has nothing to do with what you're going to become tomorrow. I want you to understand something. There is something bigger than the circumstances of your life today. The Bible says sadness is better than laughter for a reason. Sadness is better than laughter. It is important for you to be sad for a while, for a moment. The Bible says when Jesus observed the glory that was to come after the cross, he endured the cross. He endured the cross because he saw the glory that was going to come. He saw the glory that was going to come. Some of you can't wake up early to do your work. You're always late for work. You don't know that if you could endure just waking up early, two hours before anyone else, there is an age you would have over people. There's an age you would have over people. Sadness is better than laughter. Sadness is better than laughter. When you don't have, what's your mindset in the days of luck? What's your mindset? But there are people, they have, they have cut their own ways. They have dug their own pits. They have dug their own wells. What wells are you digging that the Lord did not instruct you to go and dig? Tonight I've come to open your eyes to something. The circumstances of your life today have nothing to do with where you're going. The level of your bank account today has nothing to do with the things that you're able to do. Your level of prayer today has nothing to do with the things that God is going to use you to do. Some of you are unable to pray. You can't even sustain a prayer for three minutes. You are the perfect candidates of what God wants to do. Some of you are unable to pray right now. Who are unable to believe God? You are the candidates of God's calling. You are the candidates of God's calling. That's why for me I always tell people, woe unto a man who thinks he's spiritual. Woe unto a man who thinks he knows God. God has a way of loving people who are small in their eyes, just like Jephthah. The Bible says when trouble came, his brothers ran unto him. When trouble knocked on their door, they ran to him. He was a mighty man of valor, even though he was the son of an hallowed. Oh, what a revelation. I wish you can grab this tonight. I wish you can understand this tonight. I wish you can get it tonight. That a son of an harlot could be a great mighty man of valor. That a man from a village can have something to say in a great city. A man from a third world country has something to tell the world. I open your life tonight if you are stuck. I open your life tonight if you didn't believe God. I open your life tonight if you did not know the purposes of God for your life. And I'm saying that the circumstances of your life today have nothing to do with what you're supposed to do. You can never see the glory of God if you're caught up in the circumstances of today. You'll only see the glory of God 
if you learn that the failures of today, that the, 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 the circumstances of today are only going to make you better. Hallelujah. I pray that God opens your eyes. That's why I sang a song. I see the Lord. That song helps me understand that I'm seeing the Lord amidst of my circumstances. Every time I sing that song, I know that I'm seeing the Lord amidst of my circumstances. Raise me the piano. Let's worship God. Let's worship God. Let's worship God. I want you to sing this song with me. As you sing it, I want you to see the Lord in the midst of your circumstances. If you're broke, I want you to see God in your circumstances. If you're failed, I want you to see God in your circumstances. If you don't know where you're going, I want you to see God in your circumstances. I see the Lord. I see the Lord. Exalted high upon the worship of the people, the earth. I see the Lord. I see the Lord in my eyes. I've seen the King, the Lamb upon the throne, who reigns forever. I want you to sing this song with us. As you're singing it, see God in your circumstances. See God in your circumstances. See Jesus in your circumstances. Worship God. See God in the midst of your circumstances. See the Lord in the midst of your circumstances. See the Lord in the midst of your circumstances. In my eyes, I've seen the King, the Lamb upon the throne who reigns forever. In my eyes I've seen the King, the Lamb upon the throne who reigns forever. Lord, I thank you for everyone who's watching me tonight. May they see you in the midst of their circumstances. May they see you in the midst of their circumstance. May they see you in the midst of their circumstance. 
May they see you in the midst of your circumstance. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. May God bless you. Shalom. Stay connected to the chariot. Prophet Brian Kajesi via the Prophet Brian Kajesi page on Facebook, the Numa app on the Play Store, and Numa Channel TV on YouTube for more insightful teachings. For more information, visit our website at www.prophetbriankajesi.org or contact us on plus 256-700-785-882 or plus 256 774 Five six five eight nine four.